Thank God for fashion. I think there's so much crime in fashion because people are drawn to fashion. I got into the business of fashion to tell stories. Flashes all around. Top model Gia got it all, all at once. At the end of the day, it's the comeuppance. The runway catway's mine. We have very eclectic personalities. I'm here with Philip Blosh. My fabulous co-host, Pat Cleveland. Biggest crime in fashion has been the death of Versace. Shortly before 9 a.m., fashion designer Gianni Versace was shot on the steps of his villa. And now I get to tell the stories of people I love in fashion. When people are caught and they have to pay for their crimes. Body found yesterday in the Seine River in Paris. How did she die? Katusha Neon. Sylvie Cachet was on top of the world. Her body found in an overflowing bathtub. You're listening to True Crime Fashion and Passion with your host. Philip Locke. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to True Crime, Fashion, and Passion. Wow. This is such a huge story. I really wanted to take two weeks to tell it. As you can see, we have family members and friends who really loved Ronnie Marquette and and to this day are not happy with the results of, of the investigations that went on and how this crime just sort of disappeared from the internet and just from the world in general. This was a boy who was a beautiful star. He was shining brightly. He was dating all the hottest girls in Hollywood, Shannon Darty and Drew Barrymore and Claudia Schiffer. And the 90s was his. Aaron Spelling was casting him in TV shows. And suddenly he was involved in a very tumultuous romance with actress Dee Dee Pfeiffer, and one night, supposedly, they were playing Russian roulette. And that's where the story ends and begins. In a sad, tragic murder, homicide, suicide, we don't really know what happened, but we know that his friends, his family, they all feel that there was something more to it. Dee Dee would not let go of the relationship. Ronnie was definitely seeing many other girls and Apparently, there was a, a letter that Dee Dee had written that threatened if she can't have Ronnie Marquette, nobody will have him. And I think that haunts all of his family, his friends, and his son, Aaron, who's here with us today. Aaron, tell me, what do you think really happened? Just based on everything, just your personal opinion, allegedly, you know, it's just what you think from all his friends. You've you've been very blessed to be, right. have, your father's very loved and you have a lot of friends right. of his surrounding you. And, and some of them talked with us today. Mm -hmm. okay, so what do I think really happened? I don't, I've never thought that he killed himself. Just based on what everybody said and I've kind of asked in the past for my dad to kind of guide me into that direction and what's actually happened. And I've dreamed about it and I know that, I mean, I know he didn't kill himself. You just feel yeah. in the bottom of your heart. 100%. And what did your mom say about it? Um, She knows that he definitely didn't kill himself or that those are her thoughts. She's just kind of, you know, not. Nobody knows. Yeah, nobody, nobody was knows. in the room. Yeah. I know this, a lot of lives were torn apart by this, this yeah. story. I know that your dad's family is very lit about mm -hmm. what happened and how, how life has just progressed. I know that some of his friends are just, they, their lives have never been the same. How do you see that affecting everyone? It's affected them terribly. It's kind of driven a wedge between a bunch of different groups. This is the interesting thing about murders. It is not just the person that is that is dead that has the problem. It affects the whole family. It affects everybody's friends. It affects them for their entire lives. That's why I thought this case with Ronnie, your, your dad, is so important because I can tell how much it has really affected your family and everybody's friends. Now we have um, 
good friend of mine and yours who, who put us together, Lisa Bilson on the line. We're talking to her from London. And she's known Aaron his whole life. Um, she was very good friends with Ronnie. And Lisa, tell us, when did you first meet Ronnie? Oh, my God. 88. 1988. You were a baby. <laughs> I was <laughs> seven, seven, 16. Wow. Wow. So was this, uh, so you guys dated for a little bit, correct? Yeah. First yeah. love? Was it kind mm-hmm. of a first love thing? Um, It was the first, well, no, I had a love <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is with him it was different you know it was like a a weird psychic spiritual thing <laughs> interesting interesting you know? as you got to listen to with cj again he seemed to have a very deep spiritual connection with quite a few people exactly yeah he did do you um, think he was a very spiritual guy i mean spirituality was kind not. of one of those things in those times that wasn't necessarily even talked about no he he wasn't a spiritual i mean he i guess he was a little bit and and it, it was a natural thing it wasn't something he seeked yes you know he wasn't it just happened like when he was working at leathers and treasures for instance you know he was surrounded by you know the beautiful things like crystals and stuff like that and he would wear a little you know uh what are they called uh semi-precious stone mm-hmm. around his neck <laughs> for instance with a snake attached to it was one of them and i've i've got that <laughs> sorry my things are all screwing around so um, you have that he you, you still have that. Like that and you still have yeah, that I, still have it. I have it of course and i i wanted to give it to Aaron because I think it's important for him. I've got my memories and I've moved on. I, you know, I've got a beautiful husband and, and son and, um, you know, I'm very blessed, you know, but connections yeah. are still there. And so you, you guys dated for a little bit. So was he working at leathers mm. and treasures when you dated? Well, I was, uh, when I'd come back from England, um, you know, I saw him a few times and, uh, he was working at leathers and treasures on, on and off. But when I got with him, he was working in an Italian restaurant in, Lindero Canyon uh-huh, uh-huh. between Westlake and Malibu and you know he was a, he was a waiter you know and, I, and we fell in love but I discovered that he was still living with someone that he loved desperately but it, it wasn't working out I think maybe she was working nights or working days and he was working nights and they just never really met you know in, in yeah, the middle yeah. a lot of the time and she was a great girl I mean she is a great girl from what I hear um I never got to meet Kim but oh um, so this I is just Kim heard... so this is the same Kim yeah that's... same get Kim Kim's so... very important person so kim's the kim was the love of his life i guess that it uh kindred spirits that never quite connected i believe so they were with each other from a very young age and kim was like the matriarch of the family she and wayne and ron lived together in westlake um thousand between westlake and thousand oaks Uh they had a place um and when they were young and then um ron and kim moved to a uh, an rv Oh wow! As one does, as one does. (laughs) I mean, he told me he wasn't with her anymore. You know, Um, that week they probably weren't. (laughs) Maybe they weren't at that point. Yeah. (laughs) I went over there. I saw the house. You know, I saw the RV. You know, I was like, "Oh, she's really beautiful." You know, why isn't it? What's happened? And he's like, "Well, she's in. She's a nurse, I think it was, and she basically works. We have the wrong hours. You know, and." I think because they were together for, from such a young age, um, you know, I, I think oats need to be sown. 
you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, and he was gorgeous. He was a very gorgeous <laughs> man, I'm, I'm sure, you know, and there's a lot of beautiful girls in Hollywood. <laughs> and there is a thing called poly, poly, polygamy yes. and polyamorous. And some people are just that way inclined. Yes. Because yes. they have this amazing thing in here and it's about giving love if they are in front of someone that is feeling that too and you can't help but just get completely uh, you know aroused by it and then you go with it and that's the way it is why not a lot of people have that with me too (laughs) and all I can do is make them happy I felt like that. <laughs> exactly. Thank you for saying that. I'll send you a check. <laughs> You're on the payroll. Keep the compliments coming. So Ronnie was working at an Italian restaurant and uh, this was before the modeling kicked in really, right? Yeah. This is before he yeah, kind he of went acting. off to, he was acting. Yeah. He was a amateur actor. He had started, he was in a role um, when I, just, bef- just when I met him, he'd finished a role with Sophia Loren. Wow. I've heard sons. It was a great role. And he gave me his, um, he had, there was a pair of pedal pushers, like what are they called? Um, oh, up to the knee. The yeah, 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 the yeah, knee. absolutely. Pedal pushers. So he, pedal pushers are good. Yeah. Whatever they're called. Anyway, he gave them to me and I had them for a long time. And then my mom stupidly got rid of them, but they were great. And that was from the movie that he was in. Wow. So you definitely had some mementos and souvenirs of your time. Oh, together, we were really, like... yeah. He was. Ron was doing some silly stuff. There was a restaurant in Lindero Canyon, an Italian restaurant. I'm trying to remember the name of it. But um, anyway, he he was doing extra work for them. Mm. He was a waiter. But he was, it, I mean, it was mafia driven, that place. Local mafia, you know. And he would go and um, talk to people who owed money ah. and give them a little bit of a shake up. And and how tall was how tall was Ronnie? So he was big and imposing, I'm presuming. Yeah, uh, he was. I think he was like six one or six. Yeah, maybe yeah, six, so six two. Six two. Yeah, wow, six two. So he was a big I, I handsome man. Two, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, actually, he towered over me as you saw in that those pictures. Yeah, so lovely. But, um, and yeah, so he, so he would turn up. Well, he would turn up on my outside of my house. He drive the one day. He drove the car. He had this VW uh, Golf. It was a red one, and he drove up on on the green belt in in the little area that we lived. And uh, he was really freaked out. And I'm like, "What the hell is going on?" And he said, um, "I just had to scare these this this person for money." You know, I had this, and he showed me this sawn off shotgun and that freaked me out. I was so head over heels for this guy and I was just a young girl, you know, um, and all you see is the movies, you know, the movies, people getting mixed up with stuff like that. It's only going to end in tears, isn't it? Yeah. 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 So he had a shotgun, a sawed off shotgun, huh? Yeah. I saw it in the back of the car. Yeah. Wow. Crazy. So he was, he, he was pretty, uh, he was, he was pretty brave. <laughs> you yeah, think he just he didn't know any better do. right you think he was just a carefree spirit who kind of didn't felt like oh i'm young i'm hot i you know the world is my oyster kind of look my son got caught up with some stuff out here in england yeah. you know at 15 what's to say that someone who didn't have a, a real parental direction yeah what's to say he wouldn't have been excited by the prospects of you know making some really good money, although he had to go and scare someone. It was just, it was quite exciting. It's an yeah. adrenaline run. But yeah, I mean, he, 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 
you know, he lived with his brother and Kim in, in, in between Thousand Oaks and Westlake for quite some time and during high school and stuff. And so when um, they went, so then he kind of went off to Europe and modeled, right? He did some work in, did he spend yeah, time I mean, in Milan? I, I knew, I, I was, I mean, I knew him obviously up until the, when he went, uh, when he passed away, but um, he was modeling. I mean, he, 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 yeah, he started modeling like a few years after he and, and I initially got together, but um, I always had a big direction of what I wanted to do. And I just was really worried about being with him at this time. And him and I decided that after 30, when he's sown his oats, you know, yes, it's all good. Unfortunately, yeah, he, he didn't off, make it there. He didn't make it there. No, he went off and modeled. I went off and modeled. He, I, I ended up moving to England to do music. And just before that, I mean, him and I were off and on, you know, like, but it wasn't an off and on. It was never, it was an on thing at the beginning. But when I realized that he was still living with Kim at all, the shit hit the fan. Yeah. I ended up meeting Woody Harrelson and dating him for a while. And the weird thing is the night that I got with Woody, Ron called me up at 7.30 in the morning and I, I had to rush home, you know, to just get home for some reason. <laughs> I, I stay at Woody's house. Yeah. And um, Ron called me up at 7.30. I got in just in time. I had my own number. He called me up on the landline and he went, I just had this awful dream that you were someone else. Oh my gosh. Oh, <laughs> you know, how funny, like, right? Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> talk about intuition. Talk about intuition. Yeah. So, yeah. so did you know him while he was with Didi while they were dating? Um, I was supposed to see him. Yeah. I mean, I, I was supposed to see him. Um, and I, I was desperately worried about cheating on the guy I was with because I know that that could easily happen when you're with Ron. Yes, he was beautiful, and we had a connection. You know, like most beautiful women that he met, and you know that's what that's what it was. So I was I was really nervous about him coming to a party in San Luis Obispo, and I asked my mate um, not to have him there. So he ended up being drunk on his own at his best friend's house around the corner that night. And I I didn't realize he was around the corner. Otherwise, I would have run over there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Probably better for everybody. And, and so is this I, in I the time that? Is this exactly, is this in the time that he was with Didi by that point? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was then. Yeah. And he was up in San Luis Obispo. Um, you know, he had, he was in a, a turbulent relationship from what I was told. And yeah, it was tempestuous. It was turbulent. Clingy. She was clingy from what I understand. She was very know. clingy. I don't know. I don't know. You I just heard it was I lived tempestuous. In yeah. I just heard it was, I mean, I can imagine it being incredible, their relationship, because she's a really passionate person uh, from what I can see. Yeah. And he was, you know, and she had this cute, you know, dimple and cute way about her. And so did Ron. Ron had these dimples. Yeah. So I can imagine them really hitting it off. When and, uh, dimples meet, when dimples meet, everybody gets happy. When those dimples meet, definitely. <laughs> um, but I know he was up in San Luis Obispo six months before he died, um, getting some fresh air. And I was supposed to see him, and I didn't. And well, I did you speak it. to him in those times or communicate? I mean, communication was so much different in the 90s because we didn't have cell phones yeah. and didn't have email. No, I, and... saw, I saw him a year before, and it was beautiful. And he wanted me to move to Hawaii because it was good because his kid was there he wanted me back he asked me to marry him twice in our relationship wow you know and this you know moving to Hawaii and I was like are you crazy you know and I just all I could see was this is going to end in tears because I knew the nature of the beast he was fucking insanely gorgeous 
and his persona, his, his sparkle, everything, you know, it was just his magnetism. So was he sleeping with a lot of girls in Hollywood? From what I understood, there were definitely quite a, quite a list of, uh, Hot celebrity uh, starlet. I think I came back from. I think it was either New York or I was in Germany. It was one of the my modeling stints, and I came back and I went to say hi at Les, Les, Lovers and Treasures, and he was um, he was very like arrogant about it that that time. Oh yeah, um, this is my son. He showed me a picture of Aaron, which was brilliant, and I was like, oh, this is great, you know. He says, and I'm living with Claudia Schaefer. Oh, wow. How funny. I'm like, okay, cool. Great. Well, that's going to be good. Wow. You know? Wow. 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 So, yeah. You know, yeah, he had some pretty amazing lovers. <laughs> wow. And yet he still stayed working at Leathers and Treasures. Like, what's up with that? That's so that funny. Was, yeah. I mean, I think it was off and on, but that was when he was just starting to break out into the modeling. I think that one was that. That was like, I think that was in 91. I think that was 91. That was 91. So how long do you think, like, so his career as a model and actor was really only like three, three or four years before he died, correct? Like, because he was really Leathers and Treasures in the Italian restaurant. uh, Well, there was, yeah, the restaurant and acting was his priority. He loved acting. He was a serious actor. The modeling came. And as uh, from what I can hear from CJ, you know, she was the catalyst in that. And that's amazing. And what a great woman. She sounds amazing. Um, and I'm so grateful that she does. She's done all that investigation. Yeah, it's, it's quite, uh, quite young intense. And too scared. It was so yeah. freaky. I had a dream. I have to tell you, I had a dream. Um, the day he died. I didn't know he died. But I had a dream the day he died. Um, and I found out two days later, one of my friends from San Luis Obispo called me up and said, I'm sorry, Lisa, I got bad news. And I dropped the phone because I knew what she was going to say, because I had a dream two days before. And I'm very, very weirdly psychic in that way. When somebody's hurt that I love, that's connected to me or is in trouble or they died, I get I have dreams about it at the time when it's happening i understand and oh i'm sorry i'm a bit shaky because uh, you know for years i couldn't talk about this stuff you know this stuff freaked me out and i would just stand, sit here shaking anyway um i had a dream two days before i found out he died and um it was him on a bus and i ran up to him and said what's happened who's hurt you and all i could see was his face everybody else's faces were blackened out and the next thing i I'm doing is opening up all, all these doors, you know, like those, like what's on the other side of this door yeah. type scenario. So I'm in a corridor with all these doors and I'm opening up all these doors, trying to figure out what's happened. And then I wake up and then two days later, I get a, a call, you know, that he died. And it was on that day. I dreamt it. It was very strange. And your, but your, your <laughs> intuition was ominous about the dream. It wasn't like, Oh, I'm having a sweet dream about a man I love, you know? Yeah. And I ran up to see my, my partner at the time. He was uh, another, you know, strange person, but um, <laughs> I ran up to said, Oh my God, uh, Ron just died. And I could never like actually share my grief. I had to like hide my grief for years until I finally left that wanker. But, um, you know, it was, it took me some time to get over that. And as it would many people that knew Ron, it was, uh, uh, you know, a, a travesty, a, you know, what the hell's happened? You know, this isn't right because he had everything to live for. He had his kid. He had a prosperous career ahead of him. He was just 
get in there. He was in GQ, you know, he had he had everything to live for at the end Cadbury of the day. campaign. He was <laughs> boinging yeah. Claudia Schiffer. I mean, <laughs> things were going good. Things were going good. And yeah, so yeah. Do you, did was Ronnie a drinker? Did he do drugs? I mean, the 90s was definitely a very druggy, alcohol-induced time. Do you think there was drugs involved? Or? He never liked me smoking weed. Oh, interesting. Um, he, always tried to, he always tried to get me to um, not do that, you know? Although I think he had the odd bit of weed, but I think he was just <laughs> wanting me to keep my shit together. I mean, I had a car accident one day, and I got a phone call from him going, I just had a feeling I had a car accident. I'm like, I just had a fucking car accident. Wow. You know, it was really weird. So he was always like, you know, connected to something else that was going on. But uh, no, I, I, I heard some stuff like to do with Dexedrine in the, because of modeling and trying to keep your weight. At a yeah. Certain... So Dex, Dexedrine was kind of the stuff that's in Dexatrim, right? I think it kind of keeps you, get a little speedy and keeps your uh, appetite down. Yeah. And it's like, um, you know, for ADHD and stuff, it's it's good. It helps you focus. Oh, wow. Okay. We could all use a bottle of that. Um, <laughs> especially Aaron. <laughs> and, and, and so did you, you never met Didi though. You never had contact with him, particularly in that time. No, my, my cousin's dad was um, her manager. Oh, wow. I've never said I've never spoken to him about it out of respect because yeah. it's a bit weird. And and a friend of mine was Ron's um, manager at the time too. Sorry, I've lost my light. <laughs> <laughs> well, you look pretty. It's very nice. Well, that's a little scary. That light's a little scary, but uh, that it's good. It's good. Uh, so, and did you ever speak to him about Ron or what was his take? Was it was it a man or a woman manager? A man. A man. And what was yeah. his take no, on it? No, I didn't talk to him about it. Because my aunt and him broke up and, you know, he just, I was in England. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, and it's just so interesting how things come together. There's a reason that people find each other and know each other and how it all becomes circuitous at a certain point. And especially when we talk about Hollywood and modeling and gosh, I mean, this really spans uh, continents. Yeah. You know, yeah. literally, I this story is like got London in it. It's got L.A. It's got Hollywood. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, and, and decades. How are, we came yeah. together, you connected me with Aaron and I was working on this project and you're like, oh, well, you should meet my, and you didn't even really specifically tell me why, but you said, oh, you should meet Aaron. You guys would get along. And I don't even know if I told you I was working on the podcast, but I think I told you after I had met Aaron and I was like, oh, wow, this is yeah. why we should meet. So yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I, anything else you'd like to share about Ronnie? Um, is that he was, you know, he was, he was an impulsive person. And the and the the thing that you guys touched on about what how it could have happened, I can understand that easily. A passion, a moment of passion may have gone wrong. Do you think he was play, what, playing? Do you think he was playing Russian roulette? It could easily have been. Sorry, but it, it could easily have happened because he was. I mean, especially if Dexies were involved, if he was taking Dexies, you know, um, people get a bit. Rawr, a bit. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I just see it more as an argument. You know, for me, it always felt like more of an argument as opposed to like, who sits down and plays Russian roulette? Yeah, it just I doesn't even think, sound fun. I don't think, yeah, exactly. I don't think the girl he was with was um, actually a bad person. I think that he played her hard because he was a player. Yeah. And I think something went wrong. I mean, that's my personal feeling. Well, I yeah. And I didn't realize, wrong. I didn't realize today he was actually living in an apartment that she owned. So. 
Yeah, I'm he sure that get an apartment with me, bless him, at one point as well. I think I think that was just you know a, a good kind of perk, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I really appreciate you talking with us, hey, Aaron. Anything you wanted to bring up? No, I'm good. Thank you for coming, Lisa. We it's really the right time. Sorry, <laughs> <about> the lighting. <laughs> You look gorgeous and we know how beautiful you are. And thank you for sharing your stories Aww. with us and just kind of bringing his life and his, his murder to his death to, to, yeah. to light. I think it's one of those weird things that we all go online and you just can't find anything about it. And somebody so beautiful that touched so many people was dead and you can't find anything about it. Pretty fascinating. It's really fascinating. It, it, well, for my whole, the, the reason why this is such an important podcast is, you know, there's a kid who never had any real true closure. And I think it's really important, you know, and, and this is why honesty is so important. People, you know, at the end of the day, honesty prevails, it does. And if something was hidden because back then things did get hidden more because of the, the nature of our society, you know, but truth does prevail. And it, it, basically this kid could have had closure many years ago. Had this kid over said, there, oh, that wrong. kid over there, <laughs> that thirty-three-year-old kid. Exactly, exactly. going to be a kid, but you know, this is what it comes down to. If only people could be just honest, you know. And I think in our society now, people are more so. Well, what would have been really lovely is if Dee Dee actually had a conversation with him and kind of yeah had a conversation with him, like everybody else has had conversations with him. I think yeah. that's what inspires but Aaron so much. Is yeah. But let's put ourselves in Dee Dee's shoes. Imagine if I know this it's really shitty that she's she laughed and everything. I mean, I don't understand that part of it. Yeah, the laughing emojis. Yeah. But I think she's if if this you know, seeing someone who you love so much die in such a tragic way, whatever had happened, either he was, you know, <laughs> I don't believe he committed suicide at all. So either, you know, if that's what it happened and the papers say that, then prove it. But why drag a body downstairs? You know, why why try to, you know, why is there blood down the stairs? Why move? So you everything? so you had heard about the blood being down the stairs and the body being dragged downstairs? Yeah. And how did you hear that? Was that through one of his friends or? Yeah. Yeah. His best friend, correct? Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> well, we, uh, we, we've all discussed, like, we're not going to have him on the show because his life has just been a shambles since this. And it changes everybody's yeah. life to have a friend, a best friend that dies, changes your whole trajectory of your life. And and especially in a case like this, and I, I believe he was an actor also, and I believe it damaged his career and his ability to to cope. You know, I, I think he it, had death threats. Wow, wow. So something's not quite right. You know, people do say things to, you know, it's like call my bluff type thing. You know, so somebody could have been saying, hey, you know, if you move any further, we'll, you know, we'll come and get you. So, you know, maybe, you know, it was one of those call my bluff situations. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and and the interesting thing is we're talking about not times like now where on social media, people are like, cash me outside. You know, I mean, this was like <laughs> you had to call somebody and make a death threat. You had to, you know, had to do something. It wasn't just sitting behind a computer and going like, I'm going to kick your ass. Rah, rah, rah. I mean, this was that that's really that's really compelling to know that those things were going on. And this was hearsay. This is what you heard through other people. It wasn't you didn't no, see Glenn came to see me in England. And, and he told me a lot about what happened. This is his best friend. He actually yeah. came to see me a year after Ron died. So it was fresh, the knowledge, you know. Um, and it changed his he, life he forever. Really it changed his life forever. Yeah. Did you notice a difference of him from before and after? Like markedly yeah a year after who was a friend who was a beautiful person who just wanted the truth out 
you know, the truth. He wanted to know what the truth was. Um, but years later, he's been a recluse. You know, he's lived in isolation somewhat. Yeah. A quiet person, keeping life simple because it's overwhelming. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, we 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 were going to reach out to him, but we felt it was best to let him be in peace. And we really only wanted to talk to people that felt comfortable about talking about it. And And again, we realized, like, this is a long time ago. No one really knows the answer except Dee Dee and Ron. And Ron is yeah. not here to tell, and Dee Dee sends laughing emojis. So, you know, I, I yeah. think this is just telling a story of, of friends and how they feel about a situation. And, and I don't think this is, we're not accusing anybody of anything. It's just how everybody feels. And, 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 and he felt that, that Ron didn't kill himself, that Ron, he felt that Ron was killed, correct? I mean, yeah, yeah. He feels that something, very bad happened and it just was a cover-up you know from what I was told his his body was cremated pretty quickly I mean I was told the same day but I can't imagine how that could be how, how can that be allowed you know and so yeah and why didn't his parents have anything to do with that who cremated who had him cremated like who had the power like your family would have the power to have your body cremated. His family did not have him cremated. Is that correct, Aaron? Yeah, uh, Dee Dee had him cremated. And you know that directly from your dad's mom and brother. So yes. they did not have him cremated. And is that what you heard? Is that what you heard also, Lisa? Yeah. And they and, and he, he they weren't even married. I mean, it's very strange. Yeah. So that's kind of says a lot. And how did how did uh, how did his family feel about him being cremated? Yeah, I'm asking you. Oh, yeah. Well, no, they <laughs> I'm were talking freaking. to you. Sorry, no, it's just like, <laughs> ooh. Um, no, they weren't happy about it, and it was just kind of crazy, you know? So they And, and they talked about this years later that, yeah. that, you know, they just suddenly their son was cremated. He was killed, and he died, and then he was cremated. And was there a funeral? I think there was a funeral. Yeah, I knew there was a funeral. Yeah, I didn't. I did. I wasn't there. I was in England. Yeah, it was super divided, though. In what sense? Of families just kind of torn apart over the whole thing. Uh, meaning, like his like mother mom and... and dad weren't really like uh, cool over the whole thing. She wasn't. My grandmother wasn't allowed to go to the funeral, um, so it was kind of wow. Well, we'll get into that when, <laughs> when 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 Lisa's not on. When it's just the two of us. Well, thank you again, Lisa. If there's anything else, anything else that he shared with you that year later that you think brings anything to it? Well. I know he always protected me from his um, tempestuous side. I know he had a tempestuous side. And all I can say is that, you know, where there's passion, things can go a bit wrong. Yeah. You know, and well, clearly they I, did. you know, and, and as the years have, have gone by, you know, um, it's just telling me that there was a moment of passion that went wrong. It, honestly, I, I, I it just I'm in tuned and that's how I feel and I don't want anybody to have any kind of ramifications in in a in a, in a kind of throw people in jail type of respect yeah but I would oh my god if only but you know it's not going to happen there isn't going to be that no you know no and I, again my intuition on it tells me which again I wasn't there and I I didn't even know Ron or 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 Didi but from what I've heard and my feeling on it just says the same thing. There was a moment of passion. I think there was an argument. I think there was a just like, oh, enough already. And it just went the wrong way. I, I just, the, 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 the Russian roulette thing, just, just the most ridiculous thing. And blanks. If it was, if it was a gun that was used for props and it was blanks, 
it, that can kill someone too. It goes straight up to your face. That's Russian roulette. The only way you can kill yourself is if you put it up close enough. You know, I was, when I was a kid, I was friends with, um, and I still am, with um, a movie star's daughter. And there was this beautiful actor who used um, a gun um, as a joke. And it was a props gun. And he put it up to his head and he died. He was dating her. He was dating this, this amazing superstar well we but, just heard um, what happened in with you know on the alec baldwin film too i mean yeah, exactly exactly so you guns know, are dangerous gun and they thought you know oh this is a joke gun it's you know was it a real gun i mean you guys who's seen the who's read the autopsy was what kind of gun was it um I, i'd have to look deeper into where that is and I've, that's what's really been curious to me but now we know that ron did have a sawed off shotgun and you said it was a big gun Right. It's not a small, yeah, gun. it wasn't was... a handgun. It was a, a, a big gun. No, I think it was a handgun. Oh, you think it was a handgun? Oh, okay. Yeah, Except, the well... sawn-off shotgun was years before. It, it yeah. was five years before. Well, no, four, mind you, 88. Yeah, long time before. 88, and then he died in 94. So the sawn-off shotgun was a long, lot earlier. Well, my love, I know you have dinner to cook <laughs> and a life in London to get back to. And I look forward to seeing you this summer. Hopefully we'll have a memorial for our friend. And um, I will see you soon. Next, we're going to talk to one of Ronnie's best friends. And I think it's very important to say that, obviously, this case has been hidden, swept under the rug for a long time. And, and so a lot of people want to remain anonymous. And I understand that. So how are you today? I'm doing pretty good. I'm in a sunny Arizona right now. That's awesome. Well, thank you for joining us in sunny New York, but it's freezing cold here. Um, so uh, I'll let you tell us about you. You know Ronnie since, gosh, the 70s, correct? Uh, well, yeah, since seventh grade we met. Um, it was 1977. He had just moved to town, and we quickly bonded because we were the only two surfer skateboarders at the whole school. So uh, we immediately hooked up and remained best friends throughout high school and his life. But um, after high school, he pursued acting. He decided to pursue acting, and me and three other mutual friends of Ron's moved up north for college. So um, he would come up and visit and surf with us in the early 90s, and um, everything was good. But what stands out the most was uh, him coming up on September 21st, 1994. He was uh, out surfing in the water with us and spoke of an upcoming starring role he had coming up and he was happy about that. But he also was speaking of a lot of grief with his girlfriend and saying he, he really needed to get away from her. And so what stands out is later on the beach, we're all there, me, Ron and three other friends. And he pulls out a handwritten letter and it was from his girlfriend and it had some pretty whacked out writing in it. I mean, <laughs> um, and there was also some drawings on, on it also that were pretty creepy. But what stands out the most was at the end, it said, if I can't have you, then no one will. Wow. And he showed us, yeah, he showed us that. And he said, uh, he was thought he had to get away from her is what he had to do and anyway so six days later when we heard of his 
his death and how it, how it happened, well, what they said happened, suicide, it was literally unbelievable because Ron was so happy and he had a great day surfing and and he spoke of his upcoming part in the movie and uh, growing up with Ron, he was just always happy and nothing more, nothing like better would to laugh um that's all we did through high school was laugh <laughs> so yeah it really seemed unbelievable and then because of the letter that made us all really suspicious we're like uh he wouldn't have done that and reading that letter you know there's there could be something else may so i ask what friends... the sketches were would, would you mind and again if you don't want to answer something just say I, i'm not comfortable answering that but i'm I'm going to ask a couple questions if you're not comfortable you'll just say it and we'll edit it out we're, we're not going to make a big deal out of it but um yeah. what were the sketches I'm, I'm curious to what the creepy sketches were well see i couldn't i can't really remember i just remember there were some creepy sketches on it's been so long you know yeah but it, but in your mind you remember creepy <laughs> Like who who draws sketches yeah. on a letter? You know, just kind of that in itself yeah. is sort of weird. Like, and remembering yeah, creepy. Sk- and was it like a long rambling love letter? Like, I can't have you. Yeah, I was kind of just saying some weird stuff, but I can't remember. I'm just remembering my thoughts about when I um read it real quick. I mean, he was holding it up, so there was four of us you know, looking in and, um, but I do remember the, I'll never forget the, uh, if I can't have you, then no one will. And then him showing up dead, like, and did he feel, did you feel like he felt just cornered and trapped or scared or like, what the fuck or all of the above? (laughs) Well, he said, and I, I don't want to say this, um, but he said, she's crazy. And you know, I can't, I, I can't vouch for that. Yeah, I mean, that's obviously like his recounting of, you know, how he felt about her and and clearly a note that says, if I can't have you, no one else will. Sounds a little crazy. We we don't have a we did not have a psychiatric test to see if she is really crazy, but um, maybe there should have been one. Um, But um, no. And so uh, tell us more of what you what you'd like to say about your friend. Um, just that I miss him and, um, I, he was taken wrongly. There's no way he would have, I, there's no way any of us believes he killed himself and he had too much going for him. He'd come up and, and just be so happy and like a high roller and his career was going good. And I, I, he was doing what he loved. So I don't know. You know. Yeah, and so you were friends with him all through the the you know like he did he's he was doing a couple movies he'd done a movie with Sophia Loren he did a ma- movie with Carol yeah. Alt he he definitely yeah. was working he did a lot of fashion campaigns etc I mean his career was on the rise he was working with Aaron Spelling do you remember all that part Yeah I mean he'd he'd tell us about it and stuff I I never was down there during that period because yeah. we were up north. And, um, but he would come up and see us and, and just, yeah, be all stoked and say everything was going good. How fun to have a, a, how fun to have a friend that you're, you're surfing buddy who just has so much success. I mean, it's, it's quite extraordinary, right? 
Yeah, it was unbelievable. And literally, definitely uh, popular with the ladies, I would imagine, huh? Oh yeah. <laughs> yep. Did he have a That's lot of girlfriends? I, I know of Kim. We we've talked a lot about Kim today. Everybody has talked about Kim. Did you know Kim or know of Kim? Yeah. Oh yeah. We went to high school together. So yeah. And would you say and that was Kim, kind of the love of his life? Yeah. Yeah. He was still. He would always bring her up. Still till the end, he was still talking about her. And, and so, you know, that uh, Dee Dee, uh, I'm sure there was some jealousy and, and you know what jealousy can lead to, rage and all kinds of stuff. So, uh, yeah. Did you know of Ron to, to you know, we, we've talked to several other people today and certain things and Aaron's right here. He's been part of all the conversations. You know, there's been talk that he took something called Dexedrin maybe or... You know, maybe there was something like that involved, or did you ever hear anything of any any drugs or anything like that involved? Um, no, it was just Ron in high school was so anti drugs and alcohol that like he would have beat us up if any of us got into it. And later in college, we did, but he was he was you know not seeing it. Um, but yeah, wow, Ron, so. We were in middle school, and he was the he came in as the biggest kid in the school. He was <laughs> big already and um very muscular and then so we went to high school as a freshman. he was the second biggest guy in the school. There was only one seat yeah, he was like six foot two, yeah, yeah there was only seat one senior that was bigger than him and and that guy left the next year, so then Ron was the biggest guy in the school again. And uh, <laughs> so, and I'm a skinny little guy. So he was like, if anyone messed with any of his friends, he'd take care of them, you know. And did you go to the funeral? Did you hear about the funeral? I, I went did to, you go to the funeral. funeral? With, we came down, all of us from up north went to the funeral. It was a good service. The only bad thing was Wayne came in, finally came in. He, he didn't come in at the beginning and then, he came in, turned around, and slammed the doors like ever, like really loud. But I mean, I can understand he was—he couldn't believe it. They were best friends too, you know, him and Wayne. And was he part of the crew, like from high school, or Wayne came a little later? Well, Wayne was younger, of course, but Wayne brought some of our friends into um, the group as surfers from when he was in middle school, because they'd show up at Ron's house and I lived just a block away from Ron. And so we'd be over at his house and, and Wayne brought, kept bringing these friends over and they all ended up becoming uh, buddies. Uh, I mean, we just lived for skateboarding back then. If we weren't at school, we were skateboarding. And on the weekends, our parents would take us to the beach to surf. <laughs> it definitely sounds like that California life. Was Dee Dee at the funeral? Um, I don't know. I I don't know, but no. Um, I mean, I wouldn't have recognized her, but um, I'm sure our friend Glenn would have, and he would have, and so would have Wayne, and, and probably... Someone would have said something if she was there. I, I never heard anything about her being there. You just weren't into the whole Hollywood movie star thing. So you're, you're like, Dee Dee yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, living up north, we just, half the time we didn't even have TV or, or anything. And we, yeah, 
I wasn't too into movies and stuff back then. Yeah, of course, I, I completely understand. And had you heard about him being cremated right away? Had you heard that? No, no I didn't. Because there wasn't a coffin at the funeral, correct? It was just ashes or an, an urn? Um, You know, it's been so long, I just can't even remember. And obviously, you're so distraught in that time. Yeah, yeah, and everyone was grieving, and, and I remember that, and just... Yeah, I just, my memory's not that good for that far ago, 94, what is that, uh, about 28 years or something. Yeah, 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 well, absolutely. Well, I completely, I completely understand, and is there anything else you'd like to say? I mean, Aaron's here, anything you'd like to say to Aaron? I mean, I know, I appreciate that you guys have been friends and and kind of looked after his son for him, with him not around, that's very sweet. Yeah, yeah well, I just hope... Um, one day me and Aaron can sit down, you know, at a table and, and I can really go over some of the the fun stuff that we did. And uh, just Ron was a practical joker and so was I. And we just loved pulling pranks and we were just, like I say, loved nothing more than to get a good laugh in and and so we pretty much tried to laugh all the time. It's important to laugh. It's definitely important to laugh, and especially in the in the tough times. And all of your friends all stayed friends, right? I mean, the whole group of you all still talk and yeah, stayed for buddies. the most part, yeah. Friends for life. And do you speak to Ronnie's family besides Aaron? Do you ever speak to his mom or brother? No, I don't have any way to contact her. And um, I I'd stay in touch with Wayne a little bit on on Facebook, but I've. I've been up in Big Sur most of the time, and and so he's really far away. He did come up for a couple camping trips um, probably about at least five years ago, but um, I got to see see him then. But, yeah, we always know we can get a hold of each other um, through Messenger, but he doesn't – he's hardly ever on Facebook, so – I need, I need to get his phone number somehow. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us and sharing your story about your friend Ronnie. And it's just nice to remember somebody who was so beautiful and a kind spirit and yeah. just had such a good spirit. And, and it's it's sad that things went the way they did, but hopefully we shed a little light on him and spread his legacy a little more so people that didn't know about him and the work he did. Yeah, um, yeah It's I, just nice to remember I him. I can't wait to see the podcast. So... Uh, well, thank Make you. Sure thank you. you. We'll send you a copy when yeah. when we edit. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we really appreciate you taking the time. And I know it means a lot to Aaron. It's nice to have some sort of closure and yet bring his memory back to life a little. I, I think that's the most important part. And that's what we try and do here yeah. at, at uh, True Crimes. Fashion and passion is just about all of that. You know, he, he was a big star in the fashion industry. And this is definitely a true crime. And he was absolutely a passionate man. So thank you for sharing your story. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for uh, calling you guys. I'll uh, I'll be talking to you. God bless you. And, and, you know, always remember, he's gone but not forgotten, and that's the important exactly. part. Exactly. Well, I'll tell you, I have in my storage shed, I have like hundreds of photographs from that period because I was all into photography and hundreds of pictures of Ron and, and Wayne and all our escapades so i gotta get those sometime and meet with aaron i'd love to show them to him you really should i think you really 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 should do that i think it would be very therapeutic for all of you yeah all right 
You can't take away the memories. You can't take away the memories. You forget some stuff, but it's the laughter we remember. Exactly. All right. Well, you guys have a nice day. Thank you. All right. Wow. 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 This is just so intense. I, I can see the emotion you have in your eyes and, and I know how upsetting this must be for you. Yeah. A lot of people just lost their way over it. What would you say to your dad if he were here today? I'd ask him if he was proud. If he's proud of you? Yeah. What are you most proud of your dad for? I guess I'm most proud of his uh, career and how far he kind of pushed, you know, to get to where he was. What do you personally think happened in that moment that night? Like, this is just your personal feeling. Maybe what, what you're, you feel when, you, when you're alone with your dad, when you're alone with your thoughts, when you're alone with his friends. We've all heard a lot of these stories today. What do you really think happened? Again, it's just your idea. We're not accusing anybody of anything. I think people, there's passion. I think moments go wrong. We see it in our own lives. I'm sure you've had, I know you've had a few missteps in your own life. So what do you think really happened that night? I truthfully think that there was more than just Dee Pfeiffer there in the room that night. I think somebody else was involved with his death. Why do you think that? I've never really heard you say that before, and I've never really heard that from others. So I'm curious why you say that. I I asked him one night if he would just show me what happened before I went to sleep and uh, obviously dreamt about it. And there was like another man there that was in the house or that came into the house while she was there with him. And that was just from my dream. So I've kind of just stuck on to that. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Do you feel like maybe she brought somebody in to kind of bully him? Or what, what was the intuition or the feeling you had from that? I think she knew what was going on. So everybody knew that he was t- kind of tired of her. I think everybody knew that he was in love with Kim. I think yes. I think it's very clear that mm-hmm. Kim was the love of his life. Yep. And Dee Dee was Dee Dee. She's an important woman in Hollywood. Comes from a good family. Super, yeah. How do you feel about your dad's murder just sort of disappearing from everywhere and being brushed under the rug. I think that's one of the main things that's kind of fueled me into just kind of, I don't know, maybe rallying the troops in some sort of way into trying to find an answer. And do you feel that there's some kind of difference? Is there? Do you feel that there's some kind of difference you can make by, by getting a story out there? Is it just so people understand who your dad was? Yeah. Is it about legacy or is it about kind of maybe finding a truth? I mean, I'd like for people just to know who my dad was and what he did, just kind of touching base on the whole, like, if you look at my dad's name, there's really nothing about him online. Yeah, I would just kind of do this for his name, but of course I would love for some sort of truth or case reopening to kind of happen or to come of it. Well, your dad was definitely a beautiful guy. He was definitely a very, very beautiful man. I don't think he will be forgotten anytime soon by his friends and those that loved him mm-hmm. you know have you reached out to Dee, Dee at all have you reached out to her and has she responded to you i mean i'm sure it's so interesting you know you you have such a connection to all of his friends right. and, and his family everybody's kind of come forward and loves him and, and is so important and Dee, Dee who was the last person with him has she ever responded to you well kind of growing up as a kid i can remember like always searching for her name online and never finding anything like never finding her facebook she never had anything like that i kind of one day stumbled across uh, Uh, I guess a picture that she was uh, tagged in on Facebook with, uh, I guess, the stylist guy who was her friend. I contacted him. I was like, hey, man, you know, I'd really like to just kind of talk and see what's up. You know, I'm, you know, I'm the young kid at this point. And um, his response was, leave me alone and leave her alone. So that was kind of the first real brush up with like Dee Dee and her posse or whatever they are. And have there been other incidents? Well, yeah, I mean, uh, commenting on her 
Instagram picture, just responding to her question that she had posted along the lines of, uh, what do you think my character is thinking in this scene? And, <laughs> and of course, I responded. I was kind of a little catty at this point, And I was like, well, I'm thinking she thinks it's how easy it is to get away with murder. And her response was obviously laughing emojis. Right, and then she blocked you. Um, and and then I you had me banned for three days. Yeah. You got suspended from Instagram for that. Right. <laughs> I've been suspended for life. Um, <laughs> You know, I think that there's never really going to be closure here. And I think when you were a little kid, you actually were at Michelle's house or yeah. you with and Didi was there. Do you remember that? Yeah, I don't really remember it. I was just told by my dad's family, uh, my grandma and my uncle, that I was taken uh, over to Michelle's house to, I guess, hang out with her. She has a daughter, adopted daughter. Oh, I saying I'm with, yeah. And I guess, I guess the last question to ask is really, what's your favorite memory about your dad or your favorite memory that people have told you? Favorite memory of my dad is just definitely, uh, there's a place in Hawaii called Duck Island. And as like a little kid, I was obsessed with ducks and animals and all that kind of stuff. And I wanted, was obsessing to kind of hold a duckling. So his uh, answer to it all was to grab me by my ankles and hover me over the water while I scooped up a duck so that was kind of like and you remember hurt. that vividly oh huh? absolutely yeah i want you to take five seconds i want you to breathe yeah i know this has been a rough day for you mm -hmm. a rough trip for you and i want to ask two more questions okay do you feel like your dad is here with you today i'm hoping he's here with me today okay yeah. and last but not least what would you like to say to your dad uh, i'd like to say to him I hope he just kind of sees that i'm not gonna really stop until i get some sort of um truth i mean there's just like the seed inside of me that won't let me quit until we figure something out. What would you like to say to D.D. Pfeiffer today? Uh, why would you let me suffer for years as a child, kind of just searching for my dad? And if it was suicide, where's the compassion as a human being just to reach out to someone's kid who's looking for answers on their dad? You know, kind of just, you know. And what would you like to say to everybody out here listening about your dad? What would you like them to know? Well, I wish I knew my dad more. That's kind of what I want everybody to know. I wish I had the time with him. I love him very much. Thank you, Aaron Marquette. You have done a good service to your dad today. Thank, Thank you, you for joining us. That was a lot of story, a lot to absorb. And I'm really curious to hear what your comments are, what your thoughts on, these, on this crime is. Was it suicide? Was it a game of Russian roulette? Or was this the ultimate betrayal and tragic, tragic love story? Could all his friends be wrong? Could his family be so wrong? Could there be a Hollywood cover-up? There are still so many questions to be asked about this, this case and the sad and tragic end of Ronnie Marquette's beautiful and wild life. I'm glad I got to meet Aaron, and I'm glad we got to do this segment. I, I hope it brings some closure to him. I think he is continuing with his life now. He's up in Seattle and happy, and I think doing this interview had really, really changed his life and, and helped him come to some completion in where he is in his life, and I hope his friends as well will, will have felt some justice and, and the ability to remember that their friend Ronnie Marquette didn't just die in vain. His, his legacy lives on, and now all of you know about his story. Thank you for joining us on this episode of True Crime, Fashion, and Passion. 